everyone, and welcome to Glassbreakers Podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Logan, and every week I'll be featuring innovators and disruptors. So settle in because it's about to get real. Hi, everybody. Welcome back or welcome today. I am with Katie Jans. She is a self-love coach, an amazing, amazing human being that we all should learn from today. Welcome, Katie. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, okay, so we met through Ashley Senja. I think that's how you say her last name. She's an amazing photographer in Toronto. And we were doing this group body liberation shoot. And she said, I know a self-love coach. Do you want her to come down and do, what would you call it? A self-love circle, a meditation? A self-love circle, yeah. Before the photo shoot started. And it was a life-changing experience. The way that the participants got to bond prior to the photo shoot and the vulnerabilities and empowerment we got to share just put us in this really authentic place to be able to shoot that content, which was us in our underwear, featuring all different body types of all different people to celebrate and be liberated. So I really accredit a lot of that energy to what you did in the beginning. And I have never been part of anything like that or seen anything like that. So thank you. Like, this, like I am so excited to have you on. Thank you for saying that. That means so much to me. I think especially in, in what you created, and I know that it was a group effort and, and Ashley got to shoot all of that and the amazing video that we had. But creating such a safe space Mm -hmm. for women to show up in that way. And I think to show up in our most vulnerable state, right? Where we're all in our underwear. Um, But to also show up in in such a like protest of society, right? That Exactly. I'm not going to swear on the podcast, but F you. You can. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We still love ourselves. We love the way our bodies look. We love the way our bodies feel and we're not going to apologize. In fact, like the, the sheer act of that is like a rebellious act, right? That's and exactly it, it. With a group of women and to feel just like the collective energy of like looking at each other and be like, girl, you look hot. It was, it was amazing. Like I am, I am so grateful that you were there though, because you really broke down our barriers and our walls prior to the shoot even started because we had... 20, 30 people in that room who were about to get in their underwear. Most of us didn't know each other or we'd only seen each other on social media and you need to get real close and comfortable fast to do this. And I've done shoots like this in the past. In the first few photos, you can see how uncomfortable we all are, but in doing this self-love meditation and being able to share our vulnerabilities off the bat and to meditate on it brought us into our power. It was a really unique experience. And that's when I was like, wait, where else do you do this? Like, how do I, how do we do this? How do we get involved in this more? Like, okay, tell, tell me like, where did you start your journey? Like, let's hear a bit of your life story and your history and how you became a self-love coach. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. Um, I guess my journey sort of started like most people's. Uh, I think when, when you finally hit a breaking point, Uh, that you are so far removed from yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. I was in a state where I really had been doing a lot of my life. um, It looked really good on paper. My life looked really good on paper. I was on, you know, this career ladder to get to the corporate stuff I wanted to get to. Um, I had done a really good job of avoiding myself my whole life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, And not necessarily 
not necessarily on purpose, right? It was just like, mm-hmm. okay, well, my feelings are here, but I got to focus about my career or yeah. I got to get on to this next thing. And it really had become a coping mechanism for me, right? Instead of feeling anything that mm-hmm. was happening in my life, I was like, okay, what's the next thing I can achieve? I yeah. can be completely distracted from my feelings. But, mm-hmm. and that's why I think it's important to say that my life looked really good on paper because I was achieving all these things, right? And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times I also carry this like pedestal around that no matter what had happened to me, no matter what I had been through, I persevered, right? Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> I totally get that. I right? Feel, I, yeah, I'm like and that too. I can show everyone else that I've persevered, right? And people mm-hmm. are congratulating me, of course, too. Like, wow, yeah. you know, um, even people in my own family, I think, uh, my loving mother, as as kindly as she meant it at that time, um, she said to me that I'm just so proud of you that for everything that you've been through, you've never turned to like self harm behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, you're not into drugs, you're not doing any of this stuff. You know, you're just like. But for me, the addiction had become this achieving thing, right? Yes, yes. (laughs) And so it's like, I can achieve so many things. But if none of those things include me leading like a fulfilling life and a life where I'm kind to myself, like, Mm -hmm. who gives a fuck, right? Like, because, and I think the lesson for me that and that breaking point that I referred to earlier came to where just like, I had put so much stress on my body and it was just really like, if you think about it, like if you never give yourself the time to feel your emotions or if you just had a cry session to get over with it and move on to the next thing, you're just trapping all these emotions in your body. Yep. And what happens, our body is just so smart and it's always trying to communicate with us and give us the signs, right? I'm like, why do I always have back pain? Why, like I'm yes. under 30, why do I always have back pain? Like all of these things, our body's always communicating with us. But when you just ignore it the whole time, then it just comes to a crashing point. And that was the breaking point for me. My body literally stopped working. I was in a constant state of panic within my body, but I was so far removed that Mm -hmm. the only reason I even felt it was because I would feel this tingling sensations or my eye would twitch really bad or parts of my face would twitch. And then I'd be like, this is annoying. And I wasn't even like connecting to the state of how I was feeling or how my heart was feeling. Yes. And I would say that um, in this body sensation, when I went to see my doctor, um, he pinned it right away as early signs of MS. Oh my, that's so frightening. And I was, I think I was 26 at that point. That's young. That's young to have that kind of diagnosis. Yeah. And so it hit me right away. And I was like, I know these are not signs of MS. Like there's just, you know, it's, it's interesting because I'm like, I never tuned in, but the moment that I needed to tune back in with myself, mm-hmm. there was this sense of knowing that I know this is not a physical condition. I can recognize this is the panic and the anxiety. That's just this buildup that I'm not looking at. Wow. That's some intuition. Totally. And I think our intuition is just like always waiting for us to just tap in. To, mm-hmm. to, to, to provide that, that inner knowing, that inner wisdom, and that, that kindness, really, right? Because I think yes. when we're all operating from our mind and our ego, it's, at least for me, it's never really kind. <laughs> it's always <laughs> the judgmental <laughs> side, right? <laughs> yes. 
So um, when he said that in that moment, I recognized, I'm like, okay, I, I, I see what this is, but I really don't know what to do here. Yeah. So for me, that looked like really taking a six month hiatus from my life. And from what Good I was for you. doing, um, it's so funny because one of the first things that people always ask me when I say that is like, well, what, like, how did you support yourself? You know, because I, I quit my job. I quit everything that I was doing. Um, it's I amazing. Running a business at that time. And everyone was like, well, like what, you know, what did you do? I'm like, I tapped into my savings. Like yeah. my life <laughs> was important. Like whatever we're saving for also equals yeah. this, this, I don't know what to even call it, quarter life crisis in that moment, just a, a self crisis mm-hmm. really. Um, and if I wasn't going to use that time to fund myself and take care of myself with everything that I needed, when exactly. is the right time? <laughs> I know. I'm um, like, I keep on forgetting because we're on a video chat right now that yeah. I can see you and I am nodding and I am so <laughs> intensely interested in what you're saying, but they cannot see me do that. But right? yes, you need to invest in yourself. It is so important. How can you help others? How can you keep going along this path in life if you're literally deteriorating? Exactly. Um, And for me, it just really was this time to sort of get to know myself. Like, who am I? What are the things that I care about? What makes me happy? Which actually hadn't been a focus for a really long time. My focus was, what am I going, you know, what am I going to the next thing that's going to make me happy, right? Versus busyness, yeah. The hustle, the hustle and the bustle. yeah, so turning inwards and just really starting. An- another analogy I really love to use is, you know, we, we jump into dating right away. We're so curious. Yes. About dating. We're like, what's your favorite color? What do you like? You know, I didn't even, I had never even asked myself those questions. And, and the same way that we look into someone else to see if we're compatible with them, whether it's a relationship or a friendship, it's like, what are my values? What are the things that I care about? You know, what makes me feel fulfilled? Do I know what my purpose is? Like any of that stuff. It was such a period for me of just this deep, like, connection back into myself. I am getting um, goosebumps everywhere. Like my whole chest is getting warm right now. Like I am selfishly doing this podcast in this moment for me now. Um, <laughs> I feel like I was like meant to connect with you because all of this, I'm like feeling like I'm on the spiritual awakening right now. I don't really know what that means. That's just what comes to mind when words leave my mouth right now. Yeah. <laughs> and what you just said, checking in and knowing what your morals and your values are. I don't think we do that. I don't think we literally right. write it down. And what we want to see in ourselves and who we want to be. Like, I think we have an idea sometimes. We'll have like flashes of maybe who we want to be. But when do we ever really, really know to our core who we are and who we want to be? That's so beautiful. Okay, sorry. And so much of that of who we really are, right, is like who, who are we when we strip away all the other stuff, right? If I strip away the title and the career aspirations that I was working towards, Like if I strip away all of that stuff, my reputation, what other people think about me, you know, Mm -hmm. what my social media looks like, all of that stuff. Oh my God. Right. Then who am I really? And that's like such, um, such a scary question, but also such a liberating question because you really start to understand that like, yes, those things matter and how we show up for other people matters, but Mm -hmm. not unless it's connected to who we truly are. Mm. And like what we think we are here to do for the world and to do for ourselves. 
Oh, that's like, I literally was looking at Instagram today and I thought about what I would do if I lost my account. And I was like, you'd have no friends because you don't have a social life outside of this. And it made me really realize how much importance I placed into social media instead of my own life. And see, for you, social media is also your career, right? And so it's just a different aspect. It's like, how much time have I spent into... If, if all I care about is my career and my reputation and making money and all of this, well, like, what am I trying to make all that money for? For most people, it's so that they can spend money and time to pay for activities to do like fun things or to go yeah. with their friends, right? And so it's not always about the chase of the money. It's like, okay, what are the other things that I value? Because sure, it's okay to value money because it gives you all these freedoms of other things to do, but there's got to be other things in there besides just that, right? And it just Mm -hmm. like gives us such a tunnel vision into, because what you just said right now about connecting with friends and connecting, that's the emotional side. That's the, that's where we get love from, right? Yes. That's the stuff that really fulfills us and makes us even more whole versus- Yes. The other you know stuff what? on the list. Yeah. I really resonated with what you said when you weren't expressing your emotions and you were constantly ignoring them because I grew up in this very British family. Sorry, my mom's in the other room. So I'm like, oh shit, she's going to hear all this. Um, where <laughs> like, on we the did- podcast. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like where we didn't express our emotions. So I learned from an early age to suppress them. Yeah. And when I finally started going to therapy, I actually didn't know how to recognize emotions. Like I would get a feeling, but I didn't know if that meant anger or excitement or fear. I had no idea what any of this meant. And it took years of trying to break it down and talking to myself. And I think a lot of us are going through that, but we're so used to suppressing it that we don't even know that we've done it. So I, yeah. Like I so see that, like if you've listened to any of Brene Brown's work, which she's- No, but I've heard, I've heard she's amazing. um, She does a lot of research around shame and our emotions. And what she says, I think it's one of, in one of her books or her talks, I'm not quite sure. I'm, I'm a really big fan. So I've like absorbed everything. Um, she says that most humans can only identify three emotions. Really? Happy, sad, and angry. Three. And there's a list and like one of her lists is like over 60 types of emotions that we're able to experience. But because our language is so narrow, like we don't spend time talking about our feelings. We suppress them, right? So when you're feeling frustrated, you Mm -hmm. might be labeling it as angry. And, you know, just like everything else, if you don't like, if you don't get to the root of the problem or if you don't know like what the problem is, there's no way for you to address it. Because if you're like, I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry. Maybe there's disappointment. Maybe it's frustration. Maybe you're just having a bad day. Like, if you're not able to identify it, then how can mm-hmm. you really experience it and then notice what this emotion is trying to convey for you, right? Exactly. And so I think that just really goes to show for, for a lot of us how much, you know, it's not just our families, right? It's like our society and everything. We don't really spend time about these feelings, which, which really help guide us and help like really be able to understand who we are and what the things are that we that make us feel a certain way right completely so agree yeah if we if we don't have the vocabulary for it we don't have like the like our indicators completely are off and yeah. so we're always going in the same patterns in the same circles unless we're taking in the time to to really observe these things and like you said for therapy for me it was i just like i really had muted 
maybe that's not even the right word, muted my body from just feeling mm-hmm. any of the emotions. And in one of my therapy sessions, probably like a year in, to be honest with you, I was like, something really interesting this week is I could feel where sadness is in my body, you know? And it really? just was wow. like this like mind blowing thing. Again, I had completely dissociated yes things because things feel bad or feel uncomfortable exactly then then that means you're like oh crap i have to acknowledge that but i don't have time to acknowledge that i got to get back to my hustle culture i got to get back to like you know productivity doing things killing things killing things that sounded wrong i know what you mean like (laughs) killing it girl like get it exactly i was like oh um yeah anyway (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay. That's so true. I'm interested more. So you took the six months off Hmm. and how did you work on yourself? And also do you have MS or was it really an emotional manifestation? Yeah, it was totally an emotional manifestation. I'll start right off the bat. Wow. Um, And like I said to you, you know, being a person in a bigger body, right? We Mm -hmm. know the kind of things that we experience in the medical system and um, yep. yeah deep breaths for that one <laughs> I had to breathe I was like let's do this okay <laughs> yes I'm not gonna go into it because honestly I'm like a little bit tensed up on that today so we'll okay let's not let's not divulge too but far yeah specifically in that reason when my doctor said that I was like could you maybe have taken like two minutes and asked me if I'm stressed about anything in my life yes could you have just like literally done a test or anything else before giving a diagnosis to that like and and such a large one yeah and and you know totally understand that's your job as a physician or whatever but yeah and it was like perhaps you have this but like you said those are big bombs to drop um I had several follow-up appointments after that um and like all my scans and nothing, nothing came up. It was just this like, not mystery diagnosis because I knew, but yeah. in, in all honesty, I didn't really care to spend the time to educate my doctors <laughs> on it's frustrating um, on, on this piece. Yeah. So, no, I've I've definitely I've been in not I don't want to say a similar position. I've never been told I had MS. Yeah. But I've been in a position where I felt Western medicine had failed me and I went to holistic medicine and instead of having an uncomfortable conversation or potentially an argument where someone doesn't believe in your beliefs, you just do what you need to do to get better. Exactly. Exactly. And that's really, you know, where, where I stand now with healthcare is I know when I walk into my doctor's office, what I'm asking for, I'm asking yes. for a blood test, I'm asking for, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. just taking charge in that sense um versus really yeah i think that that sense of what you said like that failure that um there isn't this like curiosity and what other parts that really affect our lives have exactly. to do with the situation and, and more of that holistic approach of looking at everything versus exactly just, like, how can i you know prescribe you this or how can i just like get this problem fixed right the symptoms or whatever um, I'll go back to what I did in six months. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. We keep no, on getting no. off track. I'm just <laughs> um, so intrigued. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I think, uh, telling the story back now, like this, like six months off my life sounds like so luxurious, you know, cause I even went on a vacation too, <laughs> but it just sounds like this amazing time. And honestly, it was like the hardest six months of my life because oh my I, I had to meet myself in this state of like complete abandonment right? Oh, oh, yeah. From my own self. Um, and I had to start like really looking at what I had 
what my inner conversations had been with myself for so long. Um, I, I would say the first thing that I did right away was get, get a therapist. Um, Good for you. That was, you know, I had been to therapy before, but really on and off. And I was like, yeah. no, we are going through this. And I really got lucky with someone amazing right off the bat. Cause I, know Oh, that that's great. Be such a process as well. Um, and things lined up for me at that time. Like I got this amazing therapist. We really started working through some of the things for me at that time. It was just really even, uh, containing the panic and the, ex- and the anxiety that I was living with. Yeah. Um, of course with depression in there too. Cause I feel like those are always tied. Um, me too. and this like understanding of, I'm like, but my life is like, looks great. Like, why am mm-hmm. I feeling this? Right. Why, why am I sad if I'm like, I've met all these goals and things that I had set for myself or like any of that. So I really focused back on, like I said, therapy. Um, I really also started reading a lot of books, connecting with other people who were sort of tapping into what you just said, that like awakening period, right? Yes, Um, yes. And attending seminars, doing all of that stuff. As That's I, amazing. As I started to feel or started to understand a little bit more with my therapist, I did also get a coach during that time. Oh, uh, what kind of coach? A life coach. Cool. Yeah. And so that was my first experience with a life coach. Um, and that really took things again to another level for me because it really started to sort of, not sort of, but it really started to click for me that I was the one that was in charge of my life. That's that's really powerful because you almost need to say those words to start to believe them and to start to take your control of your life. Sorry, I'm like, no, 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 totally. And <laughs> I think so for powerful. someone who was struggling with anxiety, control was like such a big thing for me, right? Yes. That like I can, I have the perfectionism side, I can control Ugh, this and that yeah. aspect, which really fueled more of my anxiety. However, taking charge and responsibility really shifted things, right? Like responsibility of, okay, getting to know myself, understanding where these beliefs around hustle culture were from, these beliefs that I should suppress my emotions, right? Like really understanding that a lot of the beliefs that we have, we've just adapted them for either our parents, society, our friends, right? Mm -hmm. And we've just like thought the same thing over and over. So then there isn't really an indication to like, well, like, why do I think like working yourself to death is, is what I should be striving for. Right. Right? (laughs) Uh, If I keep working to make more money, well, what is the actual amount of money I'm looking to make? Mm -hmm. Because if we don't have a number or or a goal or anything that we're reaching to, like, I'm always going to be on that hamster wheel then. Wow. Because every time you get like you make uh, money is a really easy example. Like you make more money. You're like, okay, I need to make more. I need to go to the next thing make more. It's like, okay, well, when does that stop to when, especially if you're connecting it to, you know, once I make a hundred thousand dollars, that's what I'm going to be happy. And which is what you never will be. Right. But did it? Yeah. No. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if we don't set those numbers and it's like, okay, well, why, who told me that a hundred thousand dollars, what was, is what is what's going to make me happy? Like, what Mm -hmm. am I attaching to that? Because if it's not the money, it's going to be the next thing when I get the partner or when I get the house or the career, right? And it's like looking for things that fulfill us that are outside of ourselves. 
I completely agree with you. And I had a really hard time with that, especially when I was in university for some reason. When I was younger, I attached a lot of value onto the possessions that I owned. And for me specifically, it was like designer bags and designer clothing. And it was as if I... I went to Western University and you're around a lot of like very beautiful, very wealthy people. And it was almost as if, if I had these things, then maybe I would fit in, even though I already fit in because I was going there and had the grades to go there and I was excelling. But in my mind, if I didn't have that $800 bag, then I wasn't good enough. And the issue wasn't about having these designer things. The issue was about my self-worth and my value. Totally. So, totally. And looking for things... Yeah outside of ourselves to complete that piece right like if i just get one more designer bag then i will fill this other hole and then i'll be able to like really fit into these circles yeah and you won't like and you won't and those are probably not the circles you want to fit into anyway right exactly the circles that that we feel that we belong in or fit in i really love the word belonging um are the ones where we're more authentic, right? Like you said, with that photo shoot that we did, like it didn't need to take a long time for us Mm -hmm. to connect together. I agree. It was so fast. Right. And it's because we're connecting on a more authentic level. We're connecting to the values of I'm going to love myself and my body in this way, regardless. Right. And now I look around and I'm in a group of people who are also making that commitment to themselves. That brings us closer so much more than a designer bag does because we are sharing in the, like the life experiences of what it means to live in a bigger body and what it means to celebrate your body against all odds. Right. Yeah. That's beautiful. So going back to your six month journey, what happened next? Um, so after that, it's so funny now, like it's all kind of like this blurry thing, right? Um, (laughs) after that, I really started to, that's when I started actually sharing my journey online and it was interesting because this is also, you know, the fat phobia, the internalized fat phobia. Yes. Um, I thought I needed to start a brand new Instagram account where it was going to be okay for me to share photos of my body. I totally Uh, get that. Yeah. Yep. And so, yeah. And so for some reason in my head, um, you know, the people that were my friends were already, you know, just following me on Instagram or whatever, uh, had no idea what I looked like. Right. That's Mm -hmm. not a true belief. Never seen you. (laughs) Exactly. And so it was interesting because it really felt like this, like return home to myself. Right. And that real self. But then I was like, the rest of the world or my friends or anyone that was in my circle at that time doesn't really know the real me because Mm. it's been so deep down and all this other stuff because I made sure that it was buried, right? And so the the truth, the the values that that I care about and the things that I believe in, I never really shared out loud because I wasn't spending time even understanding what they were, right? I just knew some, some things were off and that's about it. So I started sharing my journey um on instagram really that was primarily where i was sharing and and really really quickly i will say um a lot of my friends just started mm-hmm. dming me that they were also you know in this place where they really hated themselves wow. um and i think this is this is truly what i believe about courage and about human connection that a lot of times it takes like that one person to say something and then the yeah. rest of us just goes yeah me too right Completely agree. Yes. 
And how many times have you sat around a table full of other girls and we've all just kind of talked about our lives, talked about, you know, whatever. Um, but as soon as someone would say like, hey, like I really felt today, like I really didn't like how I looked in the mirror, right? Mm. Very quickly, everyone else will shift to a time where they've also felt that. Yes. Because all of this like shame around what we're supposed to feel, what we're supposed to look like, is, is essentially like our like dark secret, right? But it's the moment true. we shine light on it, it actually like, it doesn't hold that kind of power anymore. Yeah. And that's really where I think it's beautiful to see, you know, the body love and the body positivity, like community and the way that it's grown. Mm-hmm. Because I really think it is, it is us who led that community. It is not you know, it, it's not the beauty companies that are trying to market to us. It's mm-hmm. not that whole, it's, it's really like homegrown through Instagram, through media platforms where we have the capability to switch that. It's true. It's, it's really beautiful that way. And it's like the first time I found a community where I felt like, like the word used belonged. Mm-hmm. I feel like accepted. Like, I feel like when I'm talking to someone from that community, I don't have to pretend that I'm not struggling with my body image. I don't have to pretend I'm not struggling with my mental health. I can just authentically say how I actually am. And that's okay. There's no, there's no hiding and there's this, it's a safe space. Totally. Yeah. And I think there's like such an importance around those safe spaces, right? And creating those safe spaces, um, of belonging and sharing, because I I do believe that, you know, there's a lot of work, again, that I did on my own. And when I work with my clients now, you know, it's, it's one-on-one, we're working me and you, and you're working on your own journey. But there's this other magical thing that happens when you work through things and you heal in a collective manner, in a shared group, Mm -hmm. when we're all just kind of nodding, because even just that idea of like, I'm not alone in this. Yes, that's exactly it. Just quiets that brain down once more, right? Because all we're hearing is like, well, you're the one that's messing this up. You're the ones that's doing this. You, you, Mm -hmm. you, you alone in an island, which is not the case. (laughs) And we can learn and grow so much from each other in that way. No, I completely agree with you. So did you become a self-love coach during this time? Like after, I'm so intrigued by coaching. Yeah, like I yeah. just started, I when I first heard about like life coaching and stuff, it was in California and I thought it was like a California, <laughs> a California thing. Like <laughs> oh, I have a life coach, like I'm fabulous. <laughs> but like I've met life coaches now and I met other coaches and they are very valid professions that are really important and quite different than therapy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think, more beneficial depending on what you're looking to gain from it. So in doing this life coaching, is that when you realized you wanted to pursue self-love coaching or how, how did all this play out? Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up actually, because I really, when I work with someone, especially in the beginning, I like to really make sure that they understand um, how life coaching is different from therapy in particularly in, in how I see it. Cause I also think, um, everyone practices things differently. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, therapy is really important. Me as an individual. Yes, um, I agree. Because I need someone there to hold my hands. So I feel okay enough to go in and look at my feelings, to go yes. in and explore where they came from, um, to really like understand the, the other side of emotions. Right. And yes. so that's how I see the therapy, particularly for me. And then where I see coaching is, it's li- really that next step. So now that I understand how I experience life, how I experience my emotions, now that I can feel emotions in my body. Yes. Now that I'm a little bit more connected to myself, 
that's where I think the next step of coaching comes in. And that's how it played out in my life. So now that I know that, well, what is it that I actually want out of my life, right? What is that like ideal life that I want to be living? And that's where I see coaching is from where you are right now to where you want to be and just bridging that gap, right? Okay. So if this is the life that I want over here, well, how do I get there? Yes. What are the good, healthy behaviors? What, and and maybe that's a loaded term. What are the right behaviors for me? Yes. I love that for me. Yes. Yeah. Um, so going back to that, actually, I had gone to school for social work. Oh, oh my, we have so many similar, I, I um, applied for too? social work okay. school. Okay. Anyways, go on. This is so cool. I feel like I'm really bonding with you here and I oh, love good. it. Um, and at that time I really closed the door after school because I knew if there was something that I knew was that I wasn't dealing with my own emotions and feelings. There was mm-hmm. no way that I could help anybody else deal with theirs. Good for you for knowing that and having that self-awareness. And I just knew that I was going to be triggered all the time. Like there's, yes. I couldn't, I think that profession really takes a lot of Oof. heart and love and um, mental well-being. <laughs> and I was not in I a agree. mental well-being state for sure. So um, I really closed the door really quickly to that chapter. But it was always, you know, like I think that the, the skills that you learn in connecting with people can really apply to any area of your life, right? Because no matter what you do, you're working with people. So um, I went to school for social work. And then during that six month period, I really focused, like I said, uh, working with a coach really got into more of the self-development. And I'm I'm always, um, I'm always cautious when I say that, because I really want to make sure that I say self-development versus self-improvement or personal improvement. Because it's not that we're like, I think the word improvement starts with the thought that there's something wrong with us, that there's something that needs to be fixed, that there's something that needs to be broke, like that's broken or whatever. When what I believe in the framework that I work with is you already know who you are. It's more about unpeeling the layers and unlearning things that you've been taught to think or believe. Because at, at the core, we all know what makes us happy and what fulfills us. Sometimes it's really hard to get to that core to even listen in, right? Because there's so much like piles of shit on top of that. Wow. <laughs> um, and so I, again, attended lots of seminars, got some certifications. And I started like, actually, in all honesty, the, the, my first client was someone that messaged me on Instagram and said, hey, I wonder if you'd be my coach. And I was like, oh. That's interesting. Um, So it just really started opening this whole other chapter for me. And um, I I can honestly say it's like the most fulfilling, fulfilling thing I've ever done in my life because it's really integrates all of the values of the things that I believe in and having lived through it myself, I think Mm -hmm. really puts me in a position to, um, to understand that journey. Right. And that I don't have to be, um, I think we get the most, how can I say this, most practical and the most useful tips when we work with someone that's perhaps four to five steps ahead of us instead of mm-hmm. someone that's like Oprah, which I would love to work with Oprah. <laughs> but <laughs> I think from where I am right now and to where she is, is still quite a few years out for me. So, yeah. Just like a couple. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for sharing that and trusting your story here. This is so interesting to me. Coaching's still very new to me. Mm. Um, I'm like, where do I, where do I even start with this? Like, 
okay, in comparison to life coaching, what is the difference to self-love coaching? Okay. And also, I want to say that I really love how you broke that down about it, how it's not about improvement because we already know who we are and we're amazing. I feel like a lot of the time we just completely want to change our entire being and we think that that's going to be the best version of us. So acknowledging that I think has a really strong foundation of love and support. And that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for saying that because honestly, the the word that you just used, foundation, that's really what I believe self-love is. And that's why I focus more on that than the life coaching perspective because the life coaching perspective integrates all the other aspects of our life, our career, just the overall picture. But for me, unless we start with self-love, none of those yeah. other things are going to come into play. It's the I foundation because even that word of the improvement, right? And believing that we're broken or need fixing actually stems out of self-dislike or self-hate, mm-hmm. right? Looking yes. at like, oh, we must be broken in so many ways that I need to fix this about myself and then I will be okay. I feel like that's the story of my entire life. Yeah. If you just There's lose those 50 him. pounds, if you just read that, like just, if you just do this one thing, you're going to be then, a better person. Yeah, then. exactly. But then what happens? Then even if you get that thing, right? Then what after that? You're never you're satisfied. Looking, and you're looking for the next thing. We're always looking for things outside of us to complete us. This is this is just so intriguing in so many different layers because I always talk about self-love and we always hear people preach about first you have to love yourself. And I think a lot of us sometimes even pretend we love ourselves when we don't. But now I have a professional sitting right here who is a self-love coach who can tell us how do we love ourselves? I'm so <laughs> I'm so intrigued by all like I just want to know absolutely everything. Yeah. I still believe, you know, the, the first step that I talked even in the beginning about my own journey, right? Of like really getting to know myself is to yes. first start with that curiosity. Because curiosity doesn't mean that we need to move from hating ourselves, which is where I was, self-hate, to self-love. Like there's like so many steps in between that. Wow. And if anything, if we start on this like, oh, I love myself 100% all the time, totally all the time, um, it's not realistic. Thank you. (laughs) We're doing ourselves a a disservice really because again, we're attaching something else that's going to feel better. Mm. So I'm just going to fake Actually, one of my like least favorite terms ever is like fake it until you make it. I'm like, no, like I don't want to fake make it. (laughs) It's just like (laughs) not how I want to live my life. And so it's not about faking anything. It's really looking at yourself with curiosity. Okay. Like, okay. I noticed that when this person says this to me, this is how I feel. I notice when I look like, how do I feel when I look at myself in the mirror? Like, what are the things that I'm experiencing? Meeting yourself with curiosity means like, it's like a gentler approach, right? Like you're like, no, you've really fucked up all your life. You've been calling yourself this and that when you look in the mirror, that's not going to help change anything. It's meeting yourself of where you are right now. And I really see this as like, if you were to think, you know, people talk a lot about like your higher self and your inner child and all of that. And like all those versions are you, they're all you all at the same time, right? Whatever Mm -hmm. has happened to you as a child that you're still carrying on part of you now and the higher self or your next version of yourself, it has to be within you now in order for you to reach there. So all these yes. pieces are within us at all times. So if I'm noticing all of that, can I see myself as like, I'm the one that's holding my higher self's hand, my inner child's hand, and we're in this together. Wow. I've never thought about it that way because when I hear people speak of it, it always seems so separate and like fragmented. 
like it's its own individual being. It's not like a part of you and stemming from your foundation of love. Totally. And it's like this, the, the love, loving all these pieces of you is integral to like that foundation and building the other parts, right? Because if I haven't taken the time to love the inner child of me who still hurt that perhaps mm. that kid in school said so-and-so and that's when I believe this about myself. Mm. Or if I feel that my higher self so far removed from me that I don't even know her, like the, then I'm not leading this, this life of accepting that everything that I did then and what I'm doing now is all okay. And it's all lining me up to the, to the true version of me, to that connected part of me that's aligned with themselves. Wow. So, okay. So say I'm a client. Yeah. And cause like, I love what you do. Like if I was in a financial position to hire you, I would 100% do it. Like after that circle, like that was explosive amazingness. Um, what does that look like? So I approach you and I say, I want to partake in some coaching. How do we start? Yeah. So first things that we start is just taking a look at where you are right now, right? Like, mm -hmm. how do you feel about yourself right now? Doing a little assessment of where we're at. How do I feel about my life? How do I feel about my career? All these, how do I feel about friendships? That's another part of relationships that uh, most often we don't really pay that much attention to because we're That's so focused so on that like other person with our partner or whatever um, mm -hmm. that we don't think about the other relationships that really really make us feel fulfilled. And I think particularly the era that we live in, like you said before, with the social media piece, uh, we think there's this whole group of people, but like, who do we really connect with? Who, do, who can I call yeah. in those moments where I feel alone and just need a friend to talk to? So that's also something else that I focus on a lot uh, is the friendship piece. So sometimes a lot of my clients actually approach me because we're living in a state, like I said, when you reach a certain age, it's like, okay, well, maybe I'm not friends with people just because we went to school together. Maybe I don't really mm -hmm. want to be friends with my coworkers. Well, where do I start making friends now? And how does that even look like? Right? Oh my God. That's exactly where I'm at in my life. That it is so challenging. Like once you hit your thirties to like find authentic friendships, it's like, totally. Do you online date to find friends? Like, how do you? <laughs> there is options for that, right? <laughs> I don't want to steer us off too much as a whole other yes. topic, but I'd, I'd love to talk to you about it. So we start where, where, uh, where you're at in terms of just doing an assessment of each area of your life and how satisfied you are with that, right? Mm -hmm. Which uh, just even asking that question of like, how satisfied are you with your life? It's like a, a dropping like a bomb on people. It's like, shit. That's a huge I need question. To, like, understand where I am. After that, we sort of talk about together on what are the things that from where you are right now that you think will make your life feel better. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the, the concept right away is that anytime we want something is because we think we're going to feel better when we get it. And let's just work on that, right? What are the things that I think now will make me feel better? Okay. Yeah. So we work on that together. Um, I introduce a lot of the framework and the things that I believe in. So when I work with someone through coaching, I'm not giving you the answers to what will make you feel better. That would be mm -hmm. dumb. I don't know what makes you feel better. Okay. Yeah. Right? Valid. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm helping lead you through the questions of looking through to yourself and finding those answers within yourselves. Mm. Um, a lot of the work of my work is also based on intuition, right? And like, 
being able to experience these feelings, okay, where do I feel my intuition? So that when I'm making a decision on when I, or when I'm trying to get an answer on what makes me feel better or what the next thing that I should do is, I can feel it and see, okay, is it my inner critic, which typically we feel in our head or our ego, you might've heard of it be referred to sometimes. Um, mm. That's usually that like judgmental voice that's always going off. Yes. Versus our intuition, which always feels a lot gentler, a lot kinder. And do you feel that in a specific place in the body as well? Yeah. So if you tune in, we can do this right now if you want to close your eyes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. We're just taking a deep breath. And see if you can ask yourself, who is Kayla? And I just want you to notice if you get two answers, if you feel the answer from the top of your head or your ear or your ears, not your earrings. <laughs> that my uh that came from my ego in my head. And the first thing that it said was loser. Mm. And I really, really struggle with the negative voice, but I think I know where intuition comes from because I felt it in my stomach before and it's more of a warmth. Yes. But when I focus though, when you actually, when I actually focused on my body, I realized how angry the voice in my head came from. And I was able to recognize that that's not even, that's not me. Beautiful. And so I just want to point out, like, look how quick, like, what was, I don't even know if that was 30 seconds of you tuning in, right? That's crazy. And just recognizing that, like, if we don't tune in, that voice is always going off. Trust me, my ego and everyone's ego has something to say about anything, right? And so this is the point, like, it's not about turning that part of your brain off. Sure, we can, we can, we can work on it saying nicer things, right? Uh, But it's that internal language is what what it's absorbing. Because perhaps maybe in grade two, someone called you a loser. And now that's just like, what happens, right? Wow. So it's not just what happens, but we internalize language, just like we internalize a lot of other things. But that intuition and that warmth of the inner knowing and the inner wisdom is that mm-hmm. nurturing side. It's that voice that's like, hey, maybe you can give it another shot or hey, things may be a little bit different this time. And I think for a lot of us, we either feeling in our heart or in our gut. That's been my experience at least. Okay, yes, uh, yes. With people that have, and so you really want to move into that observer role in your life. Because if, wow. you, if you tuned in right now and you recognize that word loser didn't come from you, right? That was your ego or your mind. And then the intuition piece is also not coming from you. Then if you're in the observer seat, you Mm. can notice both things and you can choose which one you want to work with right now. That just like really made me realize how even when I think I'm being conscious and trying to be present in my life, I'm still not aware of what's internally happening. And I wonder how many other people are in the same position and not taking that time to just reflect totally i think the stat is like we think this is gonna be off i want to say like thirty thousand thoughts a day most people think thirty thousand thoughts a day 98 percent of that is repeated thoughts from the day before so we don't really have that many new thoughts (laughs) contrary to to belief (laughs) because so if we're always saying the same thing right yes yes. i look at myself in the mirror i'm like you're fat you're this oh i've been saying that for 26 years let's say right so then there's nothing in my brain that's going to be like oh you keep saying the same thing over and over it's just used to saying the same thing over and over 
Yes. Right. So now if I want to start, if I want to start um, shifting that, then yes. I need to become aware of the thought first. Right. So in this okay. case, it's like, okay, I've, I've identified that I, my voice just said, I'm a loser. Okay. Yeah. Well, why, where did this come from? That's where that curiosity comes in. Right. Why, why do I feel this way? Or why is this coming up? Like, is it, what is it measuring it against? Right. Why am I a loser? Did I fail? What did I fail at? Looking at all of this, oftentimes you'll be able to track it back to something that's so irrelevant, but you've just been saying it over and over. And I really want to like convey this piece too, that it's not about like you're doing a bad job because you're not present. You're doing a bad job because even when you think you're present, you're not actually present. Like this yes. is what's happening all the time. And mm -hmm. so it's like the, the part that I think is where we as individuals take the next step is just becoming aware and moving into that observer side. So the last thing you want to do is now also start blaming yourself that you're not present enough. Yeah, that's you know I mean? it's just such a You're negative like, cycle. <laughs> right. So so you helping bring people into the observer side, is that like the first step of self-love in your framework? Yeah. So especially in, in the internal language, right? Which is so important. In mm, it's everything to ourselves, in how how we talk about ourselves to other people, but also how we talk about ourselves to ourselves. <laughs> yes. In the same circle. Because then that also shows up with you know, a lot of uh, the clients that I also work with are starting their own businesses. So if you don't feel good about yourself, right? Uh, yeah. Guess what? All of that stuff's coming with you when you launch your business, whether mm -hmm. you're like the front face of the business and then it shows up as you don't want to be seen. You don't want to be on camera. You don't want your voice heard, which means you don't want your words heard. Like it just keeps going back and back to right back to where we started this conversation of like standing in your power again. Yeah. It's just one more tactic wow. of moving you backwards, right? Not backwards, yes. but like further away from the, yourself in that sense. So we work through things. And then we also, uh, when I work with my clients, we also start then developing tools and resources on switching these things over. And not switching, I guess that's the wrong, like switching where you are right now, but bringing you mm -hmm. back closer to yourself. So intuition is really big on um, what has helped me. And so I know it's a big and important lesson with, with my clients because it also helps us to connect to something bigger than ourselves. Yes. And so that our focus is not only about me, my body, I, I, all those words are very ego centric, right? So then yes. we move into, oh, okay. I noticed, like you said, when I feel good about myself, I also want to be around other people who want to exactly. share this yeah. with me. And then I build those more authentic relationships because we're open about our pain. We're open about shame. We're open about the things that don't feel good. So then they don't hold as much power over us anymore. It's complete. Yeah. It's, <laughs> wow. I'm like, okay, keep going. Tell me everything. <laughs> what else? <laughs> so I also really talk a lot about play and creativity. Okay. Bringing it back to what you said, you know, once you're 30 or whatever the age, everybody has their own age that yes, like, oh, yes. once you're this, once you're in your twenties, whatever. Um, we really lose out in that curiosity and play aspect, right? I completely agree. Yes. And so every, every hobby gets to turn into something that we monetize or every, yep. like there's always a goal to make it something other than just the experience itself. I, and so yeah. introducing play into your life could be something really simple that all of us can do right now. And play can look so different. Uh, during this quarantine, play for me has been coloring, which I've never done before. Um, 
I get nothing out of it at the end. I'm not selling my, my artwork on Etsy because I think it would be illegal. <laughs> but any of that, like there's nothing to it besides me enjoying that time. So for someone like me, I like Netflix a lot. Okay. Is that considered play or is that considered like avoidance? Okay. Well, and I'll help you um, distinguish that for you. How do you feel when you're watching Netflix? No longer having to deal with reality. Okay. So that's an escape. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fine. And then in that escape, like, um, does it feel good? It feels good for moments. Okay. And that's a good indication. So doing something up until when it feels good. So can you watch okay. Netflix for the 15 minutes that it feels good? Or can you watch it for that one episode of you keeping up with your show? I almost said keeping up with the Kardashians. Sorry. I know. I was like, was okay, so yeah, close. sure, whatever. <laughs> um, so like play yeah. would be like legitimate enjoyment, like just having fun. Pure enjoyment. And uh, it's a lot easier if you think back onto what were the things that brought you joy when you were a child. Because most of the time they're really pure, right? Maybe it was like throwing ball with a friend outside or maybe you walked your dog or you laid on the grass. And when we do those things, that's when we get back connected, right? And we get into more of that inner wisdom because there isn't, there isn't anything to judge about coloring. There isn't anything to judge about watching Netflix for 15 minutes either. And mm -hmm. so it's thinking about how, and, and you know, this seems a little bit counterintuitive, but you actually have to, in the beginning, schedule play into your life because we've done it so opposite most of our life that you have to consciously now create time where you can allow yourself to either be bored, right? Because that boredom will spark something of, oh, maybe I should take care of my plants. That's another thing that really brings me joy right now. Does that kind of help? Yeah, no, it completely makes sense because I think we're so caught up. Like there's a lot of people, we're in quarantine right now. Um, we're, in on, we're in Ontario and Canada. And um, there's this whole focus on being productive and having oh to gosh. like come out of quarantine with a new skill or making sure you make every moment count. And it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous that during this time in a world crisis that we can't even allow ourselves to relax and take a step back and to be with ourselves and our family and to just be calm and quiet. Yeah. And, so, and spend some yeah. time of, on, on things that do bring us joy still, right? Because part of this is, yes, we're experiencing fear. Yes, we're experiencing all of this. But we can also experience the good feelings. Like we, mm -hmm. that is our capability as humans. We're able to experience feelings, right? And so throughout our day, those things can shift. But I do want to bring it back to like, what are some things that yes. you enjoyed as a kid? So for me, um, reading. I loved mm -hmm. reading fiction. Cool. I just feel like it takes you to an entirely different universe where you get to jump along and be a part of it. It's like an yeah. adventure. Yeah. So do you do reading now? Do you do, do you read now? I don't read as much as I like because I have this image of who I want to be. So I buy all these biographies and self-help books because I think I'm going to be like cooler and more intellectual. And then I don't read them. And then it makes me feel worse. And it's like this vicious cycle. Totally. So can you give yourself permission to pick up a fiction book during this quarantine? Yeah, I, I actually, um, I'm a bit of a book hoarder. I'm looking at my bookcases. Um, <laughs> can I you pick one out of your books? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but that's a great way of putting it. Like I used to love just going to the park, which I don't know if we're allowed to do right now, but I can still do my backyard yeah. and just reading and having my dog run around. 
And it was just that yeah. simple. Yeah. And, and you'll start to see in those pockets of allowing, really allowing and giving yourself permission to not produce anything, right? Because we're really like mm -hmm. production society. Yes. <laughs> produce anything or learn anything new, like with the intention of like a self-help book, you're going to learn some new tools or whatever. Exactly. Right? Can you just like be shifting into this like what does it feel like to just experience being here right now i think that's really hard for a lot of people i think we that's we have to unlearn that we have to unlearn just having feeling the shame if we're not productive all the time and being allowed to just like legitimately enjoy life but the truth is we're not like we're as human beings we're not made to produce like we're not machines we're not in a factory to just keep producing producing like when do we recharge that other part right and the difference is it's really easy for our mind to say, oh, you're wasting time by just reading this fiction book, right? Mm -hmm. But the opposite happens. The opposite actually happens because now you've allowed some space in your, in your mind and in your life to actually yes. get creative. So the problems that you're looking at fixing or the thing that you're producing, the ideas flow easier to you because you've allowed the space for it. Instead of being in that tense state of, I just need to get things done. I just need to be productive. Like if yes. you just think about it, that tenseness, it doesn't allow for anything to come in. Yeah. You're, you're so right. This is like, this is groundbreaking. So what other steps do you practice with your clients? Yeah. So um, another thing, particularly because self-love um, I work with women. And so it's really, um, very connected to the way our body looks and um, yes. what we're taught about good bodies versus bad bodies. And, you know, you know that world, what I'm talking about, because you're yes. in the same space of discussing it. So um, I also focus a lot on mirror work, uh, which is wonderful. <laughs> talking very gently to yourself in the mirror. This is beautiful. Um, and I've shared this before. And, I, and you know, for me, it's, it's a really important piece in my journey because um, I looked at myself in the mirror for the first time and wanted to say I love you to myself, but mm -hmm. I couldn't. Oh, I'm so sorry. And the first three times that I did that, I really would just cry. I would just cry oh. because... It, I had never looked at myself as someone that was worthy of being loved, right? I truly get that, yes. And so do a lot of women. And so do a lot of people, really. I'm not going to say yes. this woman. And, and especially when we then start to nitpick at our bodies that don't resemble yeah. this or that. And, and then taking it to the step where just like starting to like yourself yes is actually a kinder invitation than going to love right right away because if you're just i hate you i hate the way this looks you know it, you can't shift to love from hate but you can start to shift to okay maybe i don't like my thighs but i actually like my ears that's something that not a lot of people have that's seen about great. <laughs> so slowly starting to shift to look at the things that you do like about yourself and going the, that extra mile of getting to know like the other parts of you, right? How do I, do I care about me being a compassionate person? That's something I really like about myself. I'm very generous. I really love that about myself. I really like that about myself. So instead of switching from, I hate you to, I'm just going to say an affirmation over and over again. I love you. I love yes. you, right? Keep saying that. 
But every time you're saying it, if your mind has such resistance to that, it's mm-hmm. already filing it in this other like gibberish folder, really, right? Like if you think about <laughs> it that way, like, oh, there's just a lie that I'm telling myself. But yes. You can really easily switch to, and this is something like that I would really recommend if, if it feels good for you and your listeners, to just switch to, I'm learning how to like myself. I love this. Like this Doesn't idea so is amazing. Gentler? Doesn't yes. it feel so much more nurturing and just it like feels calm? Realistic. Realistic. And like, and how amazing that you're capable of learning how to like yourself. Like, and I love how you didn't make it just about your body too, but like looking at yourself and saying, I like how compassionate I am. Like, because your body at the end of the day isn't everything. Who you are as a person is so much more important. So I like how this is so cool. I've only just heard about mirror work and um, I attempt to do it sometimes, but to hear it from a professional and how you go about doing this, I think this is a change that everyone could positively make on their own. And it's a really beautiful thing. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It's really powerful if, um, if you do it first thing in the morning, you know, you wake okay. up, you go to the bathroom, you're like about to brush your teeth. Just look at yourself, perhaps smile back. That's really yeah. nice. When you see yourself and you're like, Hey, how's it going? You know, just a genuine yeah. smile back to yourself. And I think especially in the morning for a lot of people, that's a hard time to love yourself because you haven't put on all these extra things that you think will make you look better or whatever, right? Yes. It's yes. just like you're meeting your true self right then. And so just looking at yourself, smiling, and just you can say it out loud. It's really powerful if you say it out loud. Um, if you live with other people and that's kind of strange to do, and it does take a lot of courage in the beginning, then you can just say it to yourself like, hey, I like you, or I'm willing to learn how to like you, or I'm willing to learn how to love you today. And you just start wow. with that. And that's the other thing, right? We, as humans, we want to make things so much more complicated. <laughs> yes. But a lot of times, just like, just cracking the door open a little bit to where there's some like flow of energy and there's some light coming in. We just need to crack it open. We don't need to flounge it open and completely change everything. Just a little bit of an invitation and intro, like an introduction back into yourself. This is in brilliant. Really yeah. Now, would you tell someone to do it every single day or is this like, a weekly thing? Like what's the most beneficial way of practicing mirror work? Yeah, I would say every day, every day and multiple times a day if you can. There's so, I don't know that there's any like bad things about doing it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the more you do it, the, be- the better. And, and the more you'll just start to be okay. Like I, I think I got to a point where I just looked at myself. I'm like, no, I love you, girl. Like we're no longer at the like state. Like we've moved on from here. <laughs> and oh it just helps you to then start to, and, and think about it, right? Like even as we're sharing this right now, like we're both smiling more. There's just this. I like, feel very happy, right? And there's this like coziness about yourself. Yeah, like so, I just feel all this warmth in my chest. Like I just feel very inspired. Good, and like, how will your day look different now? Right? You'll go into things, even the the work part or the productivity part. You'll be able to go into it with a, like with a sense of like already caring and taking care of yourself which will also encourage you to be more productive if that's what the goal is for you. Do the actual things that make you feel good and bring you closer to those goals versus if I don't like myself, I'm not going to do anything that's going to make me stand out or, you know, really show who I truly am to people. 
I feel like this conversation is making me feel very valid in my feelings. And instead of obsessing after this about like needing to edit or not being good enough, I just want to take time for myself. And it's almost like you need to hear this sometimes from external sources in order. It's really powerful. Like the work you do is really powerful. And I, I've never heard of any other self-love coaches. Oh, good. I'm the mo- the only one you need to know. Of. Yeah, this is the one. <laughs> this is who you contact. Um, is there any other steps that you find really beneficial to your clients or for your clients? Yeah, um, just this idea around, again, the feelings and using them as our guide to things, right? Because when we feel our emotions, they're really just trying to tell us things. So using it for me, okay, so I used to be a data analyst as well. Okay. So I really love data and like analytics. I have this whole other side of my brain that gets really excited about those things. So I just look at my emotions as like indications and data collection, right? So, okay. Okay. So if I look at, at again, I'll bring the, the mirror thing up. Like if I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I really don't like, I use the ears that I like. I don't like my arms. Okay. I don't like my arms. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. This is, I'm just going to file this into this category that this is a belief that I have. So if I explore this belief, it's like, okay, well, why don't I like this? Right? Mm -hmm. So in noticing the emotions that show up and just using them as data collection, instead of using them as this is a terrible thing that I need to change, or this is Mm -hmm. right. Cause we get into that blame again, which really hinders our process. Like you are not going to get to self-love by finding more things to hate about yourself, including personal development. Wow. <laughs> like I just like, really, I'm moving back and forth. I'm like, whoa, yes. Really, there's like self-hate is not going to get you to any place. And, and the other thing that I want to bring up, because sometimes this rubs people the wrong way when I say that, is that just like the fact that you love yourself doesn't mean that there aren't things in your life that you want to change or improve or whatever the word is for yes, you. Yes, right? yes. Maybe mm-hmm. there is a piece on your life that really is not working in your favor. Like you're not... The fact that you love and accept that piece, that's the first step into changing anything. I completely agree with that. Because if you make these decisions out of a foundation of self-love and taking care of yourself, like seeing yourself as capable of things as well, if that's your foundation, you're making decisions that are going to be better for you. You know what this really reminds me of because I've been diving into this a little bit more is dialectical behavioral therapy, Mm, DBT, because- I don't know too much about it, but it's about like emotional regulation and it's different than cognitive behavioral therapy where you need to change your thought processes Mm -hmm. to be more positive or overcome things. This is more about accepting the emotion and the place that you're at. And that doesn't mean that you're going to settle. And it doesn't mean that that's like, it doesn't mean that you don't want to do better. It just means you're accepting the situation for what it is right now and how you can best move forward in order to be better or to do better. Yeah. And I think that's really, really powerful. Absolutely. And, and those kinds of changes are the long lasting changes, right? And not even like long lasting. Those are the changes that feel good, period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we bring it back to, I think that's what I use as my compass, really. And even when I'm making decisions, right? If I'm, especially if I'm deciding between two things, right? Should I do a podcast with Kayla or should I write a blog post today? If yes. I imagine myself recording a podcast with you and then I imagine myself writing a blog post, recording a podcast with you feels better right now. So that's a decision I will make. 
That's great advice. And it's, this is, this is what our feelings can do for us. They can provide this indication into the feelings that we're trying to achieve or the feelings that we're trying to move closer to. Like this is the magic wand that we have within us. There isn't like a product that I'm trying to sell you. I'm, I just want you to also believe and love yourself. Really? Oh my God, I want to cry. That's so Me too. Great. I felt that too. I was I like, but really, at my core, like, yes. at my core, it has changed my life. It has changed my life. And of course it has, because everything now, including the people that I attract into my life, including the people that I surround myself with, the clients I get to work with, the opportunities that I have are all out of this place of, I love myself. I know what I deserve. And so guess what? Like the the things that don't make me feel good, it's really easy for me to say no to them because they simply don't feel good. And that's enough of a reason because I know myself, right? Like I I'm the one that's that. in charge yeah. again. Yeah, I, I love myself. I know what feels good. And that's what I'm going to go with. That's going to be my indicator. That, that sounds so liberating. Like I don't personally know how that feels. At times I do, but to hear someone be that confident in a loving, supportive way of themselves and to know their worth, that's something I admire and would love to be one day. Thank you. And I, that's so beautiful. And you can just start right now with just saying, I'm willing to learn how to feel worthy or I'm willing to learn to see the worth within myself. You just crack the door open a little bit. You just I'm going to start doing bit. that for sure. Because like... <laughs> I like froze because I'm like, this no. is so deep. Like, this is like, this is better than therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's the piece, right? I think it's, it's the next step. Like I said, because you get to a point where like, okay, I understand my feelings. I understand. But like, now exactly. I'm ready to take the next step. Now I'm ready to do this. And so I, I know that you said before also with the piece of, you know, <laughs> The other part of like the spiritual awakening piece or the awakening in general, just getting in tune back with yourself, it doesn't uh, remove all the other barriers in our society, right? No, it doesn't. And so it doesn't, um, it doesn't solve all the things that we have to deal with. And so I think it's really important even for me in the way that this work is so important to me that I make sure that there's other ways for people to either work with me or to belong into places where people are working towards these things. So I do offer free services in terms of like meditations. So the thing that we talked about in the beginning, um, yes. I also co I'm a co-founder of a company where we run these types of events specifically. Oh, and so thanks to quarantine, we've shifted to online a little bit, but <laughs> that also means that we're able to serve a broader community. And that means wow. that we can sit around and have some of these conversations and it, it always amazes me every time we do it where, um, so my co-founder Marwa and I, we sit together and we're like, okay, what's the topic we want to discuss this month? And a lot of times the topic is like, what's going on in our own lives, right? So I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, like I'm feeling a lot of blocks come up when it comes to like me really showing up as a true me or like yes. me talking about all the things that make me who I am, right? And so we develop some content around that. And then we sit together in a circle with other women and talk about these things. And it's amazing that by the time we go around, like it's inevitable to see that we're all experiencing the same things. Perhaps someone is experiencing in a different area of their life, you know, but at some point we can all just kind of nod. And we really, the focus on those circles is around 
the belief that we can learn and give, right? There's this like participation mm -hmm. of give and take that we can learn from each other. We can grow as a collective. We can be there to support each other. And yes. that looks different every time, right? And like the person that's giving a little bit more of, um, I don't say advice because that's not what we do in these circles. It's really just holding of the space, holding space mm -hmm. and creating as safe of a container for people to really feel and be themselves. And that's really like one of our main rules is that when, as soon as you join the circle, feel free to remove all your masks and all your armor, right? And everything that we put up in order to look okay and keep mm -hmm. it together and just have a space where it's okay to not have it all figured out because really none of us do. And, and that's, that's the other incredible. part. <laughs> now. Yeah. Okay, this is incredible. I need to take part. So what is the company name and how do people take part in this? Yeah, so right now we uh, finally have an Instagram page up for it because so far it was just a word of mouth like <laughs> community. Um, yes. And because we're looking to support more people. Um, so it's being here space. Being the word here. space. Yeah. So okay. we really talk about what it feels like to be here experiencing the world and life together. Um, we really take the approach that we are not experts. I am not an expert in anybody else's life <laughs> and you, and you're not broken. Right. And, and you're here just to look at the parts of yourself that maybe need a little bit more tending to and a little bit more nurturing during this time. I think this is so important because online you see a lot of people who are trying to only profit off of female empowerment or empowerment or healing or self-love. There's this, it's this huge commodity nowadays. Totally. And it always, I always question the people who don't offer either discounted rates for certain people or don't yeah. take into consideration certain people's position in life or standing totally. because I wonder how authentic and genuine they are in wanting to help people or is it just to the sake of making money? So I think this is really lovely that you're doing that because I personally think that it shows you really care for what you're doing and for people. And that's beautiful. Okay. Now, say I wanted to take part in one of these. Do I just message you and say, hey, I'd like to join a Zoom? Like, how does yeah, this work? So we usually have a link up to where you can join. Um, right now, we just have a sign up form as we're getting our stuff together online because we really quickly had to switch from um, there's something magical that happens when you do these in person. There's just period. Like you can't replicate it. the energy that you feel in the room of just even sitting next to someone and being like, like shit, me too. You know, like, it's oh, the energy. I, I feel that it's the energy. Um, so yeah. So for right now you can, uh, you can sign up for the newsletter. And so as we, uh, make more of these available online. We'll, we're also looking at, at other resources to provide where for some people it actually doesn't feel comfortable to jump on and share these feelings. Of course, introducing Fair. like a Zoom and being on this other side, again, doesn't feel as supportive. So we're also introducing resources that are more DIY that you can work on things yourself and then we can share wow. as a group. Um, but like you said, right, there's been points in my life where finances weren't something, were a barrier for me or, yeah. you know, getting to a location was a barrier for me. Being, <laughs> having a panic attack was a barrier to getting anywhere, right? Yeah. There are so many other components. And I think it's important when you're working with someone to look at the things and, and look at their integrity and the things that make sense. Because like you said, you can really tell when someone is their main, their only goal, not their main goal, their, their only goal 
is to profit, right? And we've seen this yeah. so much with even body positivity and oh and like my god, yeah. self care like baths and everything else, which are nice, right? But like if if that's the only goal here, and it really depends on what you're looking for at at this stage in your life. No, but I completely agree with you. And I think what you said was extremely important. So I also struggle with anxiety. It's not a hidden thing, but mine's around transportation. Mm -hmm. And there are certain points in my life where I haven't been able to take public transportation. I haven't been able to leave my house. And it's meeting people exactly like you're talking about earlier, is meeting people where they're at. And I think that takes a lot of stress away because what if people do have that barrier, but they still want to participate? Or what if they're not ready to be on camera? Well, you're that kind of compassionate, caring person where you factored in these things for them. So they can still feel like they can take up space and be a part of it as well in their own terms. Yeah. And it's really, it's really, um, honestly, like the, the biggest joy, joy is not even the right word. Like just this like confirmation that someone feels safe enough to let us know that that's not, something that feels good for them. And really like being in this belonging state of we take care of each other, whatever that means at this time, right? We take care of each other and we look for ways because thank God we live in a world where we have so many options of doing things differently, right? And we have available technology. We can put PowerPoints together. We can put resources together. We can do Zoom calls. And then hopefully soon we'll be able to have in-person meetings. Like there's all these ways to serve people and all these ways of building that community again, where really, I mean, one of the, the great things about this is that friendships and relationships happen really naturally because we skip over all that surface talk and you get right down to like, I'm human, you're human. Here's my heart. Here's yours. Right. Um, it's a different, it's a different, it's a different thing. Yeah. Now after, um, when we're allowed to access public spaces (laughs) again, because I'm sure this podcast hopefully will be up once we're allowed to access, (laughs) will you be doing both zoom and in person or what are you thinking? Yeah, we definitely, I think at this point, our community has been Toronto only. um, Mm -hmm. And that feels really good. Like I said, at the in-person events, because the other thing is we spend so much time in social media. And so we already have all these like online interactions in that sense. Um, so the in-person thing feels really good and important to us, but again, uh, we're just looking at how this is going to continue to serve, to serve people who are not in Toronto, but yeah, the, the events will be coming back in person as well. Well, that's beautiful. And I think this is actually a perfect way to wrap it up because we've been talking for over an hour. Look at that. It just like, it was such a natural flow of conversation that like, (laughs) I didn't want to stop at any point. I was like, tell me more. I want all of your knowledge. <laughs> well, we found a subject that we're both passionate about. And I yes. think that goes to show that we can just keep talking. I'm sure keep talking even more after this. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm sure you'll be on the podcast again because this was absolutely incredible. That was Katie, everyone. You'll be able to find her information on my website, kaylalogan.com, and I'll include all the links. Is there anything else you want to share or anything you want to plug right now? Um, no, just, just be a little bit gentler with yourself today. Well, perfect. Thank you so much. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to Glassbreakers podcast.
you can find all the details from today's episode in the show notes. If you're looking for our exclusive promo codes, that's where you'll find them as well. For additional podcast information, head over to KaylaLogan.com underneath the podcast section. To check us out on social media, you can find us on Instagram at GlassBreakersPodcast. Don't forget to subscribe and write a review. And until next time, thanks for listening. Bye.